0: Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kita podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Eaton. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do apologize for the delay in between episodes. I know it's been a, a um, it's almost a month now. Can you realize that, Jessica?
1: Yeah, I know. Time time flies, especially after Comic Con.
0: Yeah, yeah. the The beast that was Comic Con took a beating on both of us, so. We've been slowly catching up with everything in the real world now. So we're back in action. And, uh, yeah, so let's get this show on the road. Jessica, how was your Comic-Con?
1: It was good. It was it was pretty good. I, I enjoy it. I'm always busy every year because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you and I do press work. But it's still always enjoyable for me. And this year I was really excited because I actually got to see the floor. Mm-hmm. And I actually got to go outside. For those who've never been to Comic-Con, the whole city envelops in it, and it's wonderful. And between a hotel, the Hilton Bayfront, Mm -hmm. and Hall H, the infamous Hall H that everyone has heard of, Mm -hmm. there's a large grassy area that also leads to the back of the bay. Mm -hmm. And they always have kind of like outdoor experiences and, you know, different things you can look at. I actually got to go see things there and off-site. Off-site is when people go into the Gaslamp District, parts of the city, and then, you know, I don't know if Chris has ever been to one, but they'll have, like, Comic-Con-themed breakfasts at, like, Broken Yoke oh, yes. or something, or, like, different restaurants will have, like, pop culture-themed food. Um, which is actually just a cover-up for regular breakfast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: However, uh, I actually gotta go experience those things a little bit more this year. So, I had a good Comic Con. Did you have a good Comic Con? Because I didn't see you once.
0: I had a great Comic Con. <laughs> uh, we were busy uh, covering stuff for uh, for the uh, main site, uh, the Realmcast. But pretty much, uh, our you know, the, George and I, the guy that uh, runs run, uh, the Realmcast with me, pretty much Comic Cons are are both our. Um, the, like the end of our fiscal year, and uh, also our like mini vacation, so we're kind of working slash having trying to have our kind of have our cake and eat it too at the same time. So, uh, <coughs> you know, besides uh, several panels we had to cover, we uh, we, uh, we we made it our, our duty to kind of dedicate each day to go and do something. So, um, the you know the first day, of the m- our preview night was to get those uh, some show exclusives, which uh, we actually managed to get. Um, And then uh, day two and day three were, you know, hitting the floor. And then uh, Saturday was actually work day where we had to go do some interviews. Um, Actually, no, that was Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah, Friday night was cool because we went to the Assault in Arkham uh, press line, and I got to meet Kevin Conroy, which was really nice.
1: Yay! I remember you texted me that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of... um, with some, I was with some, uh, friends of mine, some marine friends of mine, but I remember you texting me that, and I was like, yes, one of us made it in.
0: Yes. So. Uh, <laughs> meeting Connor is, One of us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever met Kevin Connor. For those who don't know, he was Batman. He is Batman to me. He's, he's, as, as they say, it's like, as the British have, like, well, which one was your doctor? You know, usually, you know, the doctor is the, the one you watch as a kid, uh, you know, I think that's going to become a thing with Batman. So my Batman is always gonna be Kevin Conroy because he was the Batman of the animated series. So and he rarely, he rarely does West Coast appearances uh, these days. Just for the mere fact, that he doesn't do as much um, you know, voice work anymore for the you know just he just does them for the, uh, the animated films. but they got him out of here because it was Batman's 75th anniversary, so there's like a big big uh, to- do about Batman. And oh, and also got to meet Scott Snyder, the guy that writes the uh, the current runs. That, that that was three years in the making. That's all I've been trying to uh, to meet that guy.
1: Yeah, Scott's always been so gracious and so nice every time I've met him. Mm-hmm. Which apparently, I mean, it's not as bad as it sounds. Everybody, it's always at a bar. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's always been super gracious. I mean, I'm sure he gets fans that come up to him all the time and like maul him, but. He's always been super sweet and super nice.
0: Yeah, uh, when I when I met him, he was uh, just, just almost like a sweetheart of a guy. Um, I, I told him, it's like, dude, your your stuff is like, your stuff is awesome. It's like oh, he's like all oh, things. Like, no, no. Do you have like, because of these books, I got a dude who never read comic books in his life start reading comic books. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. It's like, because I brought my uh, my first two uh, collections of uh, Batman, the Quarter Owls, uh series. And then I brought The Wake. Would you have ever read The Wake? Oh, my God, is it awesome. Um, but, yeah, and he's just like, really? I'm like, yeah, Wake? I was, I was, you know, kind of just blowing smoke up his butt the whole time. And I had George with me, who was uh, getting some other stuff signed. But he doesn't read. He took a he, – he put his stake in the ground after they announced the New 52, and he's pretty much like, no, I'm, I'm done with DC. Like, I'll watch your movies and stuff, but I'm not going to read your comic books anymore if you're going to do this. So he uh, he has really has no inklings to the works of Scott Snyder. So he was just like, what's, a, you know, he knows, like, you know, Dan Dido and Jeff Johns and all those guys. But it's like, like, Snyder's, like, completely, like, new territory for him. So when uh, when we got out of the line, he's like, you know, I'm probably not going to read him, but that dude was super nice. He's, like, the nicest comic book guy I've ever met in my life. I'm like, yes. And I declared, let no one ever speak ill will of Scott Snyder. <laughs>
1: He is a wonderful person. He, yes, oh, he seems I'll, very nice.
0: I also got to meet uh, um, Natasha Alighieri, the creator of B and Puppy Cat. Oh
1: my gosh, how was that for you? Because I know that you're a B and Puppy
0: Cat person. It was awesome. I did. I, I was probably the oldest guy and probably the most. Uh, I I don't know how to put this because you know I I look like a Kevin Smith impersonator when I'm walking through Comic Con. Although then there are a ton of other guys that do that too. So, I'm like, I'm six foot one. I'm over 300 pounds. I wear the baggiest shorts you can find. And I have usually a shirt that's like something from either Robocop or Godzilla related. So, I was rocking. Actually, this evening I was rocking a Serenity shirt. So, it was kind of like middle of the road. But I'm like this huge hulking kind of like guy. And she's a very kind of petite shy you know little person from when i've seen her before but uh so there's nothing but girls in front of me and then there's a couple of dudes behind me but it's mostly girls and so i come up with my book and it's i'm getting her to sign the comic book and she's like oh so am i who am i making this up to i'm like to me it's like really it's like yeah it's, it's not creepy it's just like she just gives me a look she's like no, it's just I wouldn't pay you for liking this stuff. I'm like, oh, you, you have no idea. Just, I told her it's like I love this, and I've been just I, I've been, I've been whoring your product to everybody that I can think of, and she's like, okay. And just signs it. She did. She did a little sketch. I'm just like, thanks, and I, you know, I skipped off because I was, uh, how happy I was. So, and that was Wednesday night. So I got it. I knocked up pretty much everything I wanted to in like two days.
1: Oh my goodness, that's awesome. You know, you were talking about being puppy cat and. I got to meet the voice of Catbug.
2: Oh, did you? Which is, um,
1: yeah, a sweet little eight-year-old boy, red hair. He's super cute. If mm-hmm. you guys look him up, he's always in a little fedora. Mm-hmm. And his name is Sam Lagvin- Lagavino. I don't know. It's a, It's a long, great last name that Jessica cannot pronounce for the life of her. But he's super sweet, and he's really cute, and I didn't have anything for him to sign, and so luckily they had kind of like this two page spread in their a uh, free comic book day from Biz Media mm-hmm. and they had you know they had like a look for a cat bug
2: mm-hmm. type
1: of thing and of course I found him. So I go up to him and I think I think I was freaking adorable. But I have friends who were like, Mm, I <laughs> don't you know if a grown woman your age should be that excited to meet a little boy. Mm-hmm. Because everything in that sentence sounded wrong. Uh, <laughs> but I went up to him. I so excited. And the first thing he goes is, do you know where Catbug is? Do you know where I am? And I was like, yes, you're right. And I didn't even get to finish talking. And he goes, there I am. Mm-hmm. So he puts the X next to Catbug and signs his name. And I was like. But then that just gives away to the future for those who want to look for Catbug in the two-page splash page that I have framed on my wall. <laughs> I thought he was going to sign the corner mm-hmm. or something, you know what I mean? And I got a picture with him. And the adorable thing is he sounds exactly like the way Catbug sounds.
0: <laughs> I know. That I, so he's super cute. I was watching an interview with, um, with the uh, creator of the show. They're like, the uh, the guy was like, we need to just record as much dialogue as we can before he h- hits puberty and his voice changes. It's just like we don't even know what he'll ever say. Just record sound bites and we can uh, map them all together.
1: Yes, it's like a Jack a Jack Donaghy moment in Thirty Rock. Yeah. <laughs> where like Liz realizes that he's reading all kinds of things that he would never say. Mm-hmm. Like you know I, I'm not so sure what they are, but for example like you know Democrats are the best or mm-hmm. something like that. But. Well, the character is, you know, a Republican. Uh, However, you actually find out that he goes, damn it, Harvard Business School or something like that. He goes, I knew I shouldn't have read the dictionary from A to Z for you guys. (laughs) And apparently they've been collecting sound bites for him Mm -hmm. to use against him like in the future where they're just stringing Jack Donaghy's voice together. But they should do that for Catbug. And I was reading on Reddit, Mm -hmm. Ask Me Anything, Uh, Breen Burns, I believe is how you pronounce his name, they were like, oh, you know what happens if, you know, the actor grows up, but then Catbug is still in the series, and the series continues, and he goes, well, they joked, but I'm hoping it is true, but they wanted to make him like a low-sounding motorcycle riding, like cigar (laughs) chain smoking, you know, possibly womanizing, you know, Catbug, and I thought that would be
0: awesome. Have Catbug grow up with, with the show. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I thought that would be amazing.
0: By the way, if anybody has no idea what we're talking about, it's uh, Catbug's part of a series called Bravest Warriors. It's on. It's a YouTube series uh, from uh, Cartoon Hangover. Uh, if you get a chance to go watch it, it's from the dude that created uh, Adventure Time. Even though he doesn't really have much to do with the show other than he created it, it is magnificent. And uh, you can see the bee and puppy cat uh, pilot with it, too. That starts pretty soon as well. So... That's awesome. Uh, Anything else did you uh, catch at Comic-Con, Jessica?
1: I did. After you texted me about it, Mm -hmm. I think like a day or two later, uh, for those who don't know, um, it's technically four and a half days, five days at Comic-Con, so when you're just like, how long has she been there? About one or two days later, I got to go see the Godzilla in the back of the convention in the grassy area.
0: The the experience, this year's experience. Yes. This year's experience,
1: which I took a lot of pictures of Mm -hmm. until a friend of mine went. Because, okay, he is a beautiful, like, 24, 28-foot-tall Godzilla made out of what's supposed to resemble rubble because, you know, from the ashes, right, Godzilla. He's like a phoenix. I don't know. But then uh, I saw it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is magnificent and great, and everything is wonderful, until because I couldn't tell it was dark on dark, even though it was daytime. Yeah. A friend goes, is, is he got one arm? And then I guess from the angle of my camera, I didn't see it, but it's just he's got one arm, and he's got just wires coming out of the other arm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of rebar sticking out of Godzilla. <laughs> which. Uh, so
1: I don't know whether his arm fell by the by the time I got to go see him or, rather, or whether he's always only had one arm because technical difficulties.
0: Um, well, when you brought that up, I was – because I know it's the same thing, too. You had texted me uh, after you went, so it's like, did, did he always have one arm? And I actually started questioning that. Because the uh, the sculpture that they use is actually the sculpture they had at the LA premiere, so the premiere yes. legendary just packed it up. They're like, oh, we'll use it at Comic Con." <laughs> uh, let, let, let's give the people like a quick rundown of what the experience was. So, behind the convention center, there's the, there's oh, as I call it the grassy knoll. Um, it's pretty much where Warner Wonder Brothers has been taking it over for like the last couple of years. Um, So they had a, a Gotham, the new show, the new Batman show coming out, a zip line, which I know you got to do, right?
2: i
1: wanted to do it but i ended up not being able to do it because the line wait was too long but basically it was a gotham skyline Mm -hmm. and you zip lined Mm -hmm. from the top to the bottom you went up a flight of stairs you (laughs) zip lined all the way down and when you made it toward the end they took a picture of you and you got a picture and it says something like happy 75th anniversary batman um and it was it was wonderful it was always a long line um and when I couldn't do that, I decided to just finish the rest of the uh, grassy part, or the grassy knoll, yeah. as you would say, uh, part of San Diego Comic-Con.
0: Yeah, I was too heavy. Once I got up there, like, yeah, there's a 250-pound weight limit. I'm like, curses. Damn, my girlish figure. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> so uh, when you walk behind that, there's a, uh, a setup, and it's pretty much like a giant, pretty much the, the statue is in the center. And there's a little booth to the side, and then they have like a walkway. So you walk around the statue in like a like a ho- like a horseshoe shape, and there's a ton of like it looks like an alleyway kind of the way it's assembled. <coughs> Excuse me. And they have um, when you walk in, every inch is covered in something. So when you first walk in, there's like all the different international posters of Godzilla, like all like over the different cities. And then you get to a, a wall, and then it starts a bunch of fan art. And then there's just art all over the place from the film. And then there's a chalkboard towards the other end that has just people scribbled all kinds of stuff on it. And then you come around uh, to the opposite side, and there's uh, a dude hanging out. He's like, "All right, when uh, what you're gonna do is uh, just we're gonna hit count of three, and then you're gonna do some sort of like crazy motion. Like, okay." And so it goes, one, two, three, and pretend you're running or something like that. And then it clicks it. It's like, all right, here, sign this. And then uh, they email you. They're, uh, it's pretty much like a little motion flipbook thing. And then when you walk out, they give you a bag, which uh, really doesn't contain much in it. They had hats. I tried very hard to get a hat, but they would not give me a hat because you had to uh, do some interview thing with them. Uh, on the other side, though, there's a green screen where you can have your picture taking t- I'm sorry, taken with Godzilla from the uh, – uh, the the promo shot they had on the Empire cover, and pretty much you just stand there and make a funny face, and then they text that to you. So that was pretty much the Godzilla experience. It wasn't like last year's where it was like an interactive thrill ride that they uh, put together out of a uh, abandoned warehouse. But it was something. It was something that was better than nothing. So, But uh, when you uh, asked me about the arm, I uh, I went and looked up at the uh, the premiere, and turns out, yeah, Godzilla still had one arm. So, uh, the statue was intact. It was just, you know, arm, just, he stands an arm.
1: Okay, so it wasn't just me. Yeah. And my friends who came, like, kind of close to the last day. I guess he really only had one arm. <laughs> Poor Godzilla.
0: Yeah, but a ton of rebar sticking out of him. Like, like he just went through a tornado.
1: He did. He did. Yeah. And,
0: um, yep. Oh, no. So, so, Jessica, we should talk about some of the news that came out of Comic-Con, because there was more than just the experience and a couple of toys hanging around. Um, Legendary had a big panel on Saturday, where they were pro- I think they were the only one that actually were to reveal, like, a big surprise of any sort. Like, everything else... They
1: did. They did. I don't know where you were. Were you in there when it happened? Oh,
0: no. No, no, no. I, I There was no way I was getting into that panel. Uh, that People were camped out the night before for the Warner Brothers panel, and not enough, because I think, yeah, everyone was waiting for the Marvel panel that day, so people were just camped out.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I only knew something happened, because for those who don't know, if you're looking from left to right, imagine I'm speaking this left to right. Leftist is i guess if that's the word leftist is a hall h mm-hmm. then there's a wall and then there's artist alley and then like kind of movie studio booths if you're going through the convention and then from there it's like all the comic books like companies like bc marvel yeah. and then as you're going to the right it's like retail you know like where you would buy your comics and then you know, and then very toward the left is like posters, T-shirts, and video games. Mm-hmm. So I was at Artist Alley, meaning the wall is kind of near Hall age. Yeah. As you know, it, they made the announcement mm-hmm. for uh, the second Godzilla movie in which Chris has lovingly pulled up the release date. Mm-hmm. But they also released kind of who will be in it. Who as in Creatures? I mean, human casting, I don't know. But then all of a sudden, I didn't know that was happening. Like, I kind of lost track of time because I was kind of busy doing something. But I also needed to be somewhere for some work, and I wasn't able to be in the panel. Plus, I had a friend who was in there that was live tweeting for me. Um, And then all of a sudden, I hear, like, a loud cheering slash roaring slash could possibly shaking. I actually looked up at the ceiling. It was one of those where, like, you think a plane has flown overhead, but you're not so sure. So I kind of looked up at the ceiling, and I did this whole, like, like I was just looking in the sky, kind of real confused for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if those who can imagine, as you will, Jessie just suddenly drops what she's holding and looks up in the sky. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy crap, it's Hall H. Mm-hmm. And a uh, friend tweets me, they have announced, Um, And Chris has the release date. Uh, The villains I mean, obviously Godzilla will be in the second one, but uh, the villains is Mothra, King Ghidorah, and Rodan. Yes. And I think that's what the cheering was, in which uh, my friend was like, what's happening? Because I was looking for a friend at Artist Alley. She and I had to do something. And all of a sudden she goes, what was that? I go, they just announced that Godzilla is going to have Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. And so she hasn't seen the first one. She's only seen promos. And she was like, wait. So the flying creatures were not Rodan and Mothra?" <laughs> and then I was like, no, actually, they're called the Muta mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh, man, I have so much like, I have to catch up on. Because she's so busy doing comic artwork and interior you know, pages and stuff, not just covers. And so she was like, oh, I need to really catch up. But I thought that was funny because previously, in previous podcasts, we've talked about how people's first, you know, assumptions or, you know, they were assuming that the mutos would be Rodan or Mothra because those are flying, you know, flying creatures. So when they announced that, I freaked out. I was so excited. I was the only one dancing in the artist alley pot, you know, artist alley aisle like a a little silly person. Mm -hmm. However, then I went through like a brief moment of horror Mm -hmm. when I was like, I don't want what I like to dub it the Spider-Man 3 boo-boo where you try to shove too many villains
2: mm-hmm. into
1: a movie, but it's not done tastefully or with the right amount of time. Yeah, Some movies can do it great, mm-hmm. and then some movies, like, suffer it. Mm-hmm. And this is more of an American movie. So I don't know. I, I hope that it's handled tastefully and well. And, um, you know, you looked up possibly who may or may not be the writer. So, um, I don't know, Take it away with release dates and everything. I was just there to hear the ending of the roaring, which I felt was gonna turn into a thunderstorm.
0: Well, pretty much uh, I was keeping I was keeping an eye on uh, my Twitter feed, and from what I saw, it was like, okay, Godzilla announcement after uh, whatever legendary was uh, like pushing at the time. So Gareth Edwards came on the screen because he is getting ready. he's like, busy prepping his Star Wars film, but uh, as we know, Legendary said, yeah, he's coming back to do the other two, um, which I, you know, I, I, I have reservations about that, not, not that because Gareth Edwards didn't do a good job, it's just the fact that I don't feel that, I, I always feel that, you know, certain, you know, just because you hit gold with one thing, doesn't mean you can't hit gold with someone else at the helm, and I don't, feel I just hope that Gareth Edwards isn't, like shoehorned into, you know, making these movies. Part of it is because I'm greedy and want them sooner than later, but the other half is that, like, just let the dude go off and do other stuff. He made a great film. I'm pretty sure there's someone else out there who can do another film. Tangent aside, so he comes out and then they're like, okay, so we got an announcement to make for the next film. They didn't announce the date at that time, but they, like, they show, like, a little, um, like, pre-packaged thing about Monarch from the, uh, from the new film, the, uh, the monster watching uh, <laughs> uh, black Ops group, if you want to put it. And that's when they made the announcement that uh, uh, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah are coming into the series. They, they announced, it's like, yes, yeah, so we have these three monsters, they're coming in. Uh, they didn't announce all three were going to be in the next film, but that was, like, the consensus people were getting from it. So I said, okay, so they're going to make remake Ghidorah the three-headed monster, because those are essentially the three monsters from that film. Um, other people are speculating that Ghidorah might be Thanos as I make air quotes um, excuse me and uh, they're like okay well we have one more surprise for you hold on a second my prediction of like oh yeah they're just gonna create new you know monsters just completely down the toilet on that in at you know literally the last uh, podcast I made the, that assumption so that was that was pretty big at first <coughs> and people were gonna go nuts and then uh, the legendary panel ran through. So, the, uh, the big reveal was uh, a narration. They went through their, your, your, I don't have the, the who, what the narration was. Kind of like the Godzilla one that they did a couple years back. And they're going through this primordial jungle. You come up to a, a giant skull cave in the real back and the titles were Skull Island. So, they're making a King Kong movie based on, it looks like Kong's exploits on Skull Island. So before, if anything, it's a prequel, or if not, like a complete reboot of Kong, which is kind of pretty big, considering a lot of people either love or hate the Peter Jackson film from, God, that's almost 10 years ago now. God! But uh, it, I, uh, it, it's like not, it's not, a, a, you know, a secret that Thomas Tall loves King Kong. Like, he loves giant monsters and uh, now that uh, he's at Universal, he gets to do a King Kong film. So, um, the only thing that's come out about it right now, that um, it's coming out in 2016? Uh, they, they, they've slotted a November 2016 slot for it. Now, that might change, because there's no... The only person uh, announced for it right now that's, that you be working on it is Max Bornstein, who wrote uh, the Godzilla, the previous Godzilla film for Legendary. He's uh, working on the script right now, so there's no, you know, stars, nothing out, no director attached to the ones that they have announced, but I'm assuming under Legendary and the fact that they're not going with, uh, they're, they're definitely not going with another remake of the original story, they're going with just a, like, a, what it seems like it's going to be just Kong and a bunch of dinosaurs beating the crap out of each other, I'm s- suspecting. Uh, I have high hopes for this, and that was actually, that was a huge surprise, I kind of went nuts. And then the rumors started buzzing. It's like, what, Legendary's doing a Kong film? Does that mean we're going to get King Kong versus Godzilla soon? And I don't think that that's going to happen. You know, crazy things have happened. I've made two declarations so far on this podcast that have been completely wiped off the, the map of, not, of you know, not being anywhere where I was thinking. But I do believe that the agreement with Warner Brothers right now, that Warner Brothers continues to, uh, to make the Godzilla films with Legendary. Uh, that's part of the contract. So Legendary keeps making the Godzilla films. to do it through Warner Brothers. And not only that, um, Toho I believe has to sign off on possibly doing another Kong, fi- uh, doing a King Kong versus Godzilla film. Now that I can see Toho going, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, we're we're down with that. I just don't see Legendary going, yeah, let's we're going to do a Kong film and then we're going to have Godzilla and Kong fight each other again. That might happen, but. That's like so far off in the in the future. If if it even does happen, that uh, I I don't I wouldn't put any stock in it right now. I think I would. I Actually,
1: think, yeah, I was yeah, that. I would I would say I would say the same. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see that announcement coming. I mean, people keep asking uh, them now, it's like, "Oh, you're gonna do a Godzilla Pacific Rim crossover?" and they keep saying it's like. No, no, they're two different things, and, you know, there's a bunch of legalities with that and stuff, too. It's not Just because of, um, uh, th- the Legendary has the right to use Godzilla and make Godzilla films, doesn't mean they can just start tossing stuff in there all they want. Uh, that Tohoku's very stingent with what you can do with the character. Uh, from what I've gathered from um, uh, the IDW series, I mean, if you notice that uh, IDW's begun to cross-pollinate some of their licensed characters, like G.I., uh Uh, Ghostbusters and uh, X-Files and stuff like that there's nowhere you don't see Godzilla anywhere near that and from what I know is because Toho won't allow them to do that kind of thing it's just like no Ninja Turtles and Godzilla will not be meeting anytime soon you just make Godzilla movie there are stories and that's all you can do so Um, and plus they made Godzilla so damn big in this new movie you would almost have to kind of finish the series, start it over, and make him smaller in order to have him fight King Kong in any any sort of uh, functioning matter. Like, and I'd love... King Kong versus Godzilla, the original one, one of my all-time favorite Godzilla films. It's definitely my top five. I would love to see a new version. I just don't think it's going to happen. And if it does, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So, that's...
1: Right, take. right. Just you know, when you were talking about... When you were talking about... Uh, Skull Island, that's a term that those who love kaiju films or just King Kong would understand. Mm-hmm. I actually had several friends who were in there doing press work, and they were saying, they were writing up the panel for coverage, mm-hmm. and they were saying how when the footage started, everyone thought it was Jurassic Park 4, yeah. or had like this look of confusion on their face mm-hmm. until Skull Island popped up. And then everyone got super, super excited after they realized what it was.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: it'll be, yeah, everyone's like, what is a skull? Is it just islands full of little skulls? Um, so I think it'll be something that's interesting. Um, I hope the name will help it to market. Yeah. Because much like Scott Pilgrim, Mm -hmm. which some people had no idea what was happening just by the title of the name, Yeah. uh, it's a little bit hard, mm-hmm. you know. You so I think, but King Kong is a recognizable <sighs> character that this will be a new way for them to kind of market the King Kong franchise through other words. Like Batman doesn't appear in the word the Dark Knight, yeah. But people know Gotham, mm-hmm. the title, the word Batman isn't on there, yeah. But you know, Caped Crusader will probably be a little bit harder, but um. You know, it's something like that that really helps. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, people will kind of get to know Skull Island to be synonymous with King Kong as it should be. It,
0: it, my hope, my hope, my hopes is that um, Legendary actually gets Kong up and running in in a sort of in kind of like its own like counterpart to Godzilla, where um, Kong doesn't die at the end of the damn movie. Be, they and they kind of go like the toho route where they kind of make him a little more wacky and have a little more fun with them like Kong finding like a new monster like each movie and you know because look, I love I love King Kong escapes and it's dorky as hell but there's just the, the movie's so like just it's like a pulpy adventurous film it's just like why couldn't anybody especially the American movies like why could one they look at this and it's like this is where we should be going like even uh, the, the the Dino de la film in the 70s all it did was all it did was rehash the original Kong, and then they made King Kong Lives, which you know, less said the better. Uh, and then the Peter Jackson film, which I, I give it all the credit in the world. I like it. The, there's there's a ton of great moments in it, but it is long as hell, and it needed a good uh, a good twenty five thirty minutes lobbed off here and there. Just you know some trimmings. And that uh, and uh, the Skull Island parts especially because those were like fun. That he had like. Exploring that whole sequence, but when they got back to New York and started dragging like hell so the idea of making Kong into like a like a Toho s-series of just <coughs> Having them fight like different like monsters and stuff like that. I'm down for that and hopefully they can they can get that going You know, But we'll see uh, as for other stuff, uh, you, they've announced Godzilla 2, and later, earlier this week, as we record this, they actually announced the release date. So, we know that Gareth Edwards is getting ready to shoot uh, his Star Wars film, which comes out December 2, 2016, so two years from now. So you do the math, 2016's doing the rounds, and then he's got to prep shoot for 2017. Which means we are not going to get the next Godzilla film until 2018. Which, when that happens, that will be on June 8th, 2018, tentatively. So I will be 33, 30, 34. So it's a long, it's four years, yeah, it's 34. It'll be, it's four years away till we get another one. It's going to be a long time. But we do get a Pacific Rim movie before that. So that's a little bit closer than, than this. Um. You know, one would hope that, you know, Japan would pick up some of the, uh, the the hustle and bustle a little bit. I mean, I've heard rumors that the, that Gamma film that was supposed to come out next year might not be happening anymore, uh, which I hope is not true, but it doesn't look, there's nothing that's looking promising right now. So it's, it's going to be a while, you know, until we see what Mothra and all of them were going to look like. That's why I made the argument that like, do we really need to wait for Edwards to come back, can we have someone else try to, you know, take over the pen? The, the template's been laid down. Let someone else t- take a crack at it. I know, you know, Edwards is a, is a visually great director, but there's probably other guys out there that just would, would love to take a crack at it. And, but again, that's just my tangent. So.
1: Right. No, I know completely what you mean, and I think like you, I just want to say, you sounded so sad mm-hmm. when you were like yeah, may be happening. I'm gonna be 34. Uh, it went, it went from like you went from extreme happiness of announcement to like a sad little Chris Eaton. Yeah,
0: I'll be, I'll be hitting the loop of halfway th- through my 30s by then. So yeah, that's that's gonna be like a great realization coming out of that. Uh, so that's that that's all the wonders of the, uh, the legendary world from Comic Con. Uh, so let's jump into some toys real quick, because I know everyone, I, I know most people who, uh, who listen to this—at least love toys. Uh, Jessica, did you have to go by the Nika booth?
1: Um, I yes, I was able to go by the Nika booth, uh, Diamond previews, mm-hmm. and a few other booths. But I think my mind is most prominent in remembering what was at the Diamond booth.
0: Well, uh, first thing I do when I get there is I head over to the Nika booth because I got exclusives I got to pick up. And I wanted to check out what they had sitting uh, in there because they, they teased on their Twitter accounts like, Well, we got some reveals. And the beauty about the Nika booth is, um, you know, they do sell stuff, but they're mostly there to really kind of show their wares, like what they got out now and what they have coming out. So I walk over. And what do, I, what, what do I glimpse but the prototypes for the uh, Classics line, for the Godzilla figures. So they have, uh, they had a city build up, and then on one side they had the 94 Godzilla, which is coming out in September, and then on the other side they had the 85 Godzilla, which is the one I was more excited about, because that's the only figure style I don't own. I don't own that in the, uh, the Bandai line, because they never really made more than two, and they're expensive as hell to get a hold of. So uh them up close, which was awesome, because I I loved Nika's uh, legendary figure. It's like a cheaper I, when I say cheaper, I'm like I'm just meaning a dollar value uh, alternative to the uh, Bandai Monstar figures. There's a ton of articulation. This thing is solid too. It's awesome. So uh, they said they're bringing that same articulation to these other figures. So they, they got me excited. Um, the 85 or 84 Godzilla, whichever one you're looking at, the 1985 Godzilla. The head sculpt was a little off, and I was looking at him it. like, it's there, but it's just like something was off about it, and uh, a couple of days later, when, after we left Comic-Con, I was looking at some of the uh, the message boards, and I noticed a ton of people were complaining about the head sculpt on the uh, Godzilla, so Nika said, okay, we heard you, and they released a new shot of the uh, 85 with a brand new head sculpt, it actually, mag- it's, it's a million times better, it actually looks like it came right out of the film, so those two got me excited. They had the 12 uh, inch figure there, which I'm waiting to get because it's like 60 bucks. Then, on the other side of the cabinet, which is where things got really exciting. So, they had uh, the 18 inch Gypsy Danger figure on one end, and then on the other end, they had the 18 inch Cherno Alpha figure, which looks friggin' awesome. But what laid below it was, it just blew my mind. So, uh, the Pacific Rim line, uh, they've... Apparently it's been successful enough for Nika to, uh, to keep going. Because they've been real coy about what they're going to release next on it. I know Jessica's holding out for an Baba figure. Um, which, from the looks of it, we, we might eventually get it. But, it's the fact that they finally ran out of Jaegers from the film. Like, the main Jaegers have all been done. So it's like, well, what are you going to do next? So, to okay. my to my grand surprise when I walk up to the, to the, to this side of the, to, of the uh, sport, Tactic Ronin. Like, the, I just love the design. The, the Japanese Zegar you see in the, uh, the, the flashback footage, with the two uh, blades on the arms. That's standing there. I go nuts. But behind it, will drove me even more nuts, because they had Romeo Blue, and uh, uh, is it? Romeo Blue and Horizon Brave. Like, the two, the one you see uh, fight, um, and the parade, and then the other one was being built in the uh, flashback footage. So we're getting all the flashback Jaegers now. That was cool. And then they had a, when, I, when I took the initial pictures you see on the site, or on the Facebook page, they had it underneath a blanket, but pretty much uh, Otachi is being released too. And the Otachi figure looks amazing. It's, uh, I don't think it comes with the wingspan, but. It's a uh, it's a long figure. It's a brand new sculpt. So they're not reusing the body like they've done for uh, for the last couple of kaiju. And if it's any indication, if the line's continuing, and uh, it's a good thing. So that means Jessica's going to eventually get an Onibaba figure uh, down the line.
1: Yes, that and the plushie. Yes. One day, people, it is coming. I will get that plushie.
0: So I was quite excited. So they uh, they didn't announce a release date for the uh, for the Jaegers yet, but I know this the, the day that those hit the shelves, I'm buying them up because they the, the I <coughs> I have some issues with the, um, per, for, for the with the make of some of these uh, uh, Pacific Rim figures, but for the most part, just the art the, the look of them have have been fantastic. So I, I'm a I'm a big toy guy. So that uh, this is the stuff I love. Jessica, you went over to the Diamond uh, booth. What did you see?
1: So over at the Diamond booth, and I'm pretty sure, Chris, you may have saw the same things I saw because we talked about it briefly. I didn't know because what I do is at the Diamond booth, I do an outside, the outside of the booth, I do kind of a walk around. Mm -hmm. And they had, for those who are listening and know other men and women in your lives who love the BBC One, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, Sherlock, They have these figures that are three hundred dollars each and very detailed, Mm -hmm. and comes with a paper diorama background of two twenty one B Baker Street. So, for those, I don't know if they're you know I don't know if they're all physically correct, but they look great. So I'm walking around, I'm staring at Benedict Cumberbatch's face, and I go into the booth, and in the corner of a booth, it's like where the two shelves would meet, mm-hmm. kind of. It kind of makes like a 90. They had a small table there in which they had a gentleman, I'm assuming from press, interviewing someone that works or is a higher-level position of diamonds. But I was staring at them, and I looked past their heads, and it's several shelves of Godzilla figures. And so they're having this interview, and I'm that one creeper just staring right at them. And I... I'm sure it distracts them because in the middle, I see both of their heads turning and kind of just staring at me Mm -hmm. because I am just this one person. And then I pull out my phone and I start taking pictures. (laughs) And they think I'm taking pictures of them. But I'm actually taking pictures of what's in their background because it's in the backgrounds behind the gentleman, and I couldn't get too close to look (laughs) real close because unfortunately they're doing an interview. And the closer I got to them, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in a camera shot. So I'm just super creepy, like just kind of looking and staring at them. And uh, they looked like they were prototypes or finished types of kind of celebrating almost like a 50th year, you know, Godzilla. Toys. And so I don't know if you saw the same things that I saw in the corner, if you know what I'm talking about.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: So I actually, at first I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. Yeah. But, no, it was was really, really cool. And it looks really amazing. They look like they're really, really well done. But you might be able to kind of see. One of them looked like a vinyl bust bank.
2: Yeah. Uh, I believe
1: it was. And as I'm looking through pictures as I'm talking to you guys now. But, uh, yeah, they had several. They Later on when I had talked to the gentleman at the booth, they said that they're still kind of, you know, working on it. But um, one of them was the Godzilla Burning uh, 2014 exclusive vinyl bust bank. Yes. And it was limited to 1,000 pieces. And that's what I saw, that's actually what caught my eye, because it looked like it was either not finished in painting, uh-huh. or, you know, it was burning, and obviously it's burning, in this in this case. Um, but yeah, that was one of their exclusives. Uh, what else did you see?
0: Uh, I know they had, uh, because they've been slowly releasing that Bank series, so uh, I'm pretty sure if most of you have gone out to, like, collector stores. You saw the uh, eighty nine figure. That's a full. It's like a full kind of like it's a, it's a vinyl figure. It doesn't move. It's a bank. It's 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 a pretty solid figure. And then uh, they had the. Thorosaurus. Mecha- yeah, they had the well, those. From what I when I uh, looked into them a bit more, those turn it turns out that Diamond is reissuing all the X plus figures. Yes, like they and are. And, like pre made models. Like it's like if you like if you like the models, but you don't want to you're... You feel like you're a terrible painter and you're not really good at, at you know working with uh with glue and everything like that x plus is a uh, like they're pre-made they just pop together and they give you the same uh the, the same aesthetic as the model so those um because <coughs> they had a couple of those hanging out i'm like hey those i know those and um i didn't get a price on them because those are not cheap figures at all they're usually range about like 125 to like 150 dollars a piece
1: yeah, they're wave sevens for those who are wondering.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, they're coming out and, and they're only going to be kind of available for pre order, perhaps some comic book shops. They're starting around uh, about $160, I yeah,
0: guess I yeah. would say. We're going to add Diamond's uh, listing right here. Yeah. Yeah, it's about
1: $160, $180. So pretty much about and your dollars you pay- imports. Yeah, and you kind of want to go through November Mm -hmm. to, uh, it's around November, and they have various figures. So if you go, there are four collectibles, Mm -hmm. which is like a Gojira black poster, Mm -hmm. a 12-inch Hitera 1971, Mm -hmm. uh, Godzilla Vinyl 1968, and a Godzilla Vinyl 1962. And uh, there's also Smog Monster, I believe. If I am, yeah, yeah yep, it was really awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the line that they have right here that they announced. Uh, so they got a, a the 3 Godzilla, they got a, a 55 Anguirus, uh, both mm-hmm. Gyara from uh, the Gargantuas. Gorosaurus, which I want because I don't own a proper Gorosaurus figure. Uh, the, yeah, they got I do
1: too. Yeah,
0: classic, yep, <laughs> classic Mecha Godzilla. Um, uh, most of the uh, the major suits. Um, uh, Larva Mothra, there's a, a, a Varan, which was surprising to me, and a Mina. So those yeah. that looks like the wave that they're, that they're releasing. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Once again, expensive as hell, though. So I don't see that many times soon.
1: I do want to say that when I'm walking around urban vinyl um, or designer vinyl, you know, toys. Booths, and also kind of like artists, independent artists who mm-hmm. sell their booths, uh, things at their booths, excuse me, I noticed there's a lot of kind of Godzilla stuff, a lot of smog monster stuff. And my friend is like, it's both creepy looking and fascinating to most people. My friends are like, I wonder if they just make those because it's pretty much just a block. It's like leftover material of whatever you had. Mm-hmm. And you were just like, I don't, I don't want to waste, you know, things are expensive from Blix art supplies, mm-hmm. and they just were like, oh, let's make Smog Monster. But I noticed there's a lot of custom made or commissioned Smog Monster stuff mm-hmm. at San Diego Comic Con, and I thought that was really interesting.
0: <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah, there's a ton of that stuff. Actually, hold on a second, what am I looking at? Wave seven, yeah. Okay, these are all the X pluses. Yeah. So the, yeah, they're still super expensive, uh, but they're they're beautiful. It, uh, <coughs> it, that's the thing that that it's like it's mocking me right now. Like I would love to get all the monster figures, but you know they're they range from like sixty five to like a hundred and like thirty. I, mean, I know King Ghidorah is pushing almost two hundred dollars, and yeah, I just don't have that kind of money flopping around for those kind of things. So. I'm just going to stick with, uh, with the vinyl Bandai's right about now, so, yeah, so, that was, it, it, it's awesome, because it, this was the first time in a long while that uh, I've seen that much Godzilla stuff at, at the show, um, I did see a couple of other smaller booths, that actually have licenses, there was a uh, um, Bluefin, or Tomashi Nations, they have a line of small uh, 3-inch figures coming out. Uh, they're like 20 mm-hmm. pop, but they're really cool. I mean, if you know Tamashii Nations, uh, they're the ones that they release uh, their own, they're pretty much Bandai, and uh, they release all those high-end, like, uh, monster art figures and stuff like that, so they have a smaller three-inch line coming out. Uh, I did see, I, I, I took a picture of it. I don't have the, the company in front of me, but someone's putting out a line of super-deformed Godzilla finger puppets. Right, right. Those are in the – I remember like that, yeah. Yeah, like like in the vinyl, uh, the, the the collectible uh, art vinyl figures. So that – I saw that too. I'll try to find the picture because I still haven't gone through all my Comic-Con pictures. And, uh, um, yeah, I think that was it that I can remember right now. There was You got to remember, the, the place is the size of Disneyland, and it is a sensory overload if you've never been into Comic-Con. So you're just being bombarded left and right, just like it's like Rocky uh, going 12 rounds with Apollo Creed, and just getting slammed in the face with just stuff. It's just coming right at you, like like the speeder bikes in uh, in uh, in, uh, in uh, Return of the Jedi. It's just, it's just too much. So <coughs> if we, uh, if I remember anything else, I put it up on the uh, the Facebook page. As <coughs> excuse me. So uh, last last bit of thing. Dealing with Comic Con and Godzilla, uh, the Masquerade, which is a uh, staple—it's it, a, it's a staple event for uh, for the show. Um, this year, the group winners were, uh, as the best way I could put it, were Godzilla burlesques. Uh, it was a group of four women. Now, there was no drop in the tops like you would see in a normal burlesque show, but they were dressed like sexy Godzilla characters. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a sight to behold. There's a girl <laughs> that's dressed like Ghidorah, so she's got the two heads on her arms and like another head as a hat. There's a god. There's another girl wearing a Godzilla hat and like a skirt that turns into a tail. A mecha godzilla the same way. And then there's a girl dressed like Mothra, and she's wearing like a Mothra beanie and wings and like a little sexy outfit and everything. It's <coughs> it is it is definitely in a sight um i didn't get to see these guys cuz i was um i was out covering something uh that i didn't get to watch that i normally watch the masquerade uh out in the uh the it is definitely in a sight um i didn't get to see these guys cuz i was um i was out covering something uh that i didn't get to watch that i normally watch the masquerade uh out in the uh the sales pavilion but this year i didn't get a chance to really watch it so i would probably would have gone nuts seeing this but they won, uh, yeah, best in show for uh, for a group performance. So I didn't get to see what the performance was, but all I know is they were sexy Godzilla, and I don't know how to. What, I honestly don't know how to, what I feel about that. Other than it's like, eh, good on them. <laughs> Something Godzilla got recognized.
1: It was very interesting. You showed me because I. I'm never really able to make it to the masquerade every year. I usually have a couple networking events or just parties and or just rest. Friday night, I actually collapsed and just passed out of San Diego Comic-Con, and I didn't get to see it, but I always try to look at all the costumes online. This year, I've gotten around to some of them, but you know, Chris graciously sent me the photo, and it was. I've seen pictures of uh, Star Wars themed burlesque or Batman villains themed burlesque, but I saw the Godzilla one, and it's both very well done in terms of costume, and you know not over the top in sexuality or anything. It's actually really nice, and it was tastefully done, and I really enjoyed it. I liked it. Mm. Actually, I'm very impressed. They were very well done. So I was kind of like, oh, yay. I mean, growing up, I never thought I would see a kaiju-themed burlesque, you know, troupe. But, you know, anything is possible.
0: So, yeah, so overall, Comic-Con fun. <coughs> I just, uh, it's a heck of a show. Something that, um, if you've never done it, I would recommend at least doing it once. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody, especially if you don't like crowds. If you're like me and you like the thrill of the challenge of fighting all these people, uh it is it is uh, truly something to <coughs> said to be every year excuse me mm. ah you will sound fine. dry throat so uh moving away from comic con Jessica i know you are a teddy bear connoisseur you're stuffed a- actually a stuffed animal connoisseur of sorts are you not
1: I am. I do like my plushies, as people have heard me mm.
0: complain more <laughs> about it. It's, it. It is the girliest thing I know about you. I know that for a fact.
1: <laughs> it is. I do like those, and I like certain Senrio characters. Mm. What can I say? Th- and I like Tokidoki, so yeah. what can I th- say? <laughs> Tokidoki has little kind of kaiju-like characters on their shirts that are usually for the men, but now they have some for women, so... Oh, I like, I like my, you know, cute kawaii things
0: too. <laughs> well, uh, are you... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to let this turn this over to you. Uh, because uh, in, the, in conjunction with Godzilla's 60th anniversary, a very famous teddy bear company is producing a limited number of Godzilla figures. And since you're the, the teddy bear expert, I want to let you take, take this.
1: Oh, yes. So, Stife which is a kind of a luxury and one of the most famous brands of teddy bears, is making Mm 1,953, for those who get it, (laughs) a limited number of Godzilla plushies. And before you guys go out wanting to grab one, because pre-orders have already started at the end of July, they are the type of plushies where the outside is very soft, but the inside is jointed. So a teddy bear or in this case Godzilla will move. You can kind of pose them a little bit if you can imagine if you will. And so they're a little bit stiff. They're not meant for you your children to hug and fall asleep in. They are slightly stiffer, almost like what you would expect velveteen rabbit to be like in the 1800s. And it is and Chris actually had to tell me the prize because it is stiff and is. More expensive because they are high-end quality. It was like five hundred and three U.S. dollars.
2: That's a lot. So, for
1: those who really love your plushies, or you just really want to get your baby girl into the into the kaiju, uh, this may be the way in if you really want it. But no, I really enjoy it because it's actually very well done. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, it's not like a weird, like deformed face. Or, like, why is this tail a stump? It is actually really well done. And it has a little, you know, like a little, like, T.Y., you know, Beanie Babies will have a little tag. It's got a little tag that kind of hangs around in a string or something around its neck. So it is removable for those who don't like it there. But it says, you know, 60th anniversary special, you know, between Toho Studios, Godzilla, and Stife, Mm -hmm. the company. So, I am, I am very excited for actually what they have out there. But, yeah, that price tag, though. Well, that, that price
0: tag. That's only for the Japanese market, too, because they're exclusively releasing it in Japan. So, the secondary market, you know it's just going to be double that price.
1: Oh, yes. Of course, yes.
0: So, you're looking probably at like $700, $800 for these damn things uh, when they come out. So, Which, to me, that's way too much for anything. Just anything over... 25 bucks for a stuffed animal unless it's like the size of like a small child is way too much i'm like you gotta like i always ask like when i see a teddy bear for like 150 dollars i'm like what slave labor camp did these did, these things stitched in and they, they gotta they have to cost this much Are they being stuffed with like you know the fur of of freaking endangered chinchillas or something because i, I just i can't get i i understand Oh, it's all in the you know the the make and everything. They're made, they're handmade and all that. Like, yeah, but that's you're five hundred dollars. There's something you're putting something rare or endangered into this thing that it's gonna, trying to make it super valuable. It's the same. It's the argument uh, I have with what Mondo's practices with their posters. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> we're just you know we're keeping a low number to keep artistic uh, you know uh, value intact. Like no. You're inflating a secondary market for, you know, uh, something a lot of people want, and clearly not some people can have, and creating, like, this this, this uh, almost like black market for it. That, it seems that's what this teddy bear company is doing, but they've been around since 1902, so who am I to tell them what to do?
1: Yes, they are a German company, for those who are interested in knowing a little bit more. If you look up Steiff, S-T-E-I-F-F, mm-hmm. and Godzilla, you will find pictures of it.
0: It looks, you know, it looks a lot like the um, the big plushie of the uh, of the two thousand the GMK Godzilla that came out a couple of years ago. You know which one I'm talking about?
1: Yes, I do.
0: The oversized, I button. do. It's like two foot tall.
1: Yes, which i
0: shocked do have that.
1: Oh no, I I don't have that one. No, I don't. But finances kind of restrict how many plushies I can have because if I were to ever go to Japan and Chris already knows this, it'll, it'll be one suitcase of clothes and essentials and then 15 empty suitcases. And then it's going to come back just 16 suitcases of just plushies and other things from Japan. And all my essentials will be left there. I will only come back with the clothes that I'm wearing on my back that day. (laughs)
0: it's just just like a bra you open it up you open up the case and just it pops out it's just like a a tidal wave of plushies
1: it is is, it'll just be a tidal wave of plushies i've actually had friends who've traveled with me Mm -hmm. and i've you know you always madly pack you know the night before you take off you you always think Pack four days before I take off. You know, giving me no. Somehow you always buy souvenirs on the last day. I don't know how it happens. But then I've actually had friends, and I hear them go, and I can hear like this sigh from the other room because you know we always share hotel rooms. It's yeah. just cheaper. And I go in, I go, what's wrong? Because everyone's packing. They're like, Jess, we're we're already deciding and figuring out what we can leave behind so we can leave room for your stuff. <laughs> And then I was like, "What?" They were like, "We we already know that you can't fit those things in there. Your ten tartises of various sizes, you know, collectibles is not going to make it in there. So why don't we put three there, three in here, you know, two in like you know so and so suitcase, and you know when we you know get back to America, then you can take it back." So I'm like, "Oh, such wonderful friends, but their faces is not of happiness. It's a different, you know, they're." <laughs> it it is, they're leaving behind boxers and delicates and t-shirts and they were like, oh, Jeff, we can always buy more black t-shirts in America, I
0: guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had that problem when I went to uh, uh, Texas last time. Uh, My buddy took me to a couple of comic book stores and I was just like, ooh, I don't have this, I don't have that, and then I realized it's like, wow, I severely overpurchased a bunch of stuff and I I had no idea how the hell I was going to get all this crap back, so... It turned out I ended up having to mail a bunch of the stuff to myself. It's short-sightedness. It's It's like when you go to a buffet, you're like, I'm starving. I'm just going to eat everything in sight. And then you walk out, it's like, why did I do that? It's just, you know, kind of like the eyes bigger than the stomach kind of thing. So you just can't control yourself. You just got to have all that stuff. You're like, when's next time I'm going to be here?
1: That's true. That's very true. And then you fool yourself into thinking, I mean, obviously I can't send things back from Japan. Mm Mm-hmm you know obviously i can't send things back from like japan or london you know or anything cuz that's too expensive but you know you fool yourself and be like you know what i'm going to i'm going to save money i'll come back to japan in the future in like a year or two yeah that's that's wonderful thinking and i'm not saying you shouldn't have that always make goals to go you know save up money and travel if you like to do that stuff mm-hmm. but you know i also believe in that you should hit, go all out as if it's your trip there it's like your, you know, once in a lifetime trip there because you never know. You go back to Korea or Australia and they don't have that souvenir or thing that you wanted, exactly. that you thought would, that you thought would still be there. And that even happens now, even with a comic book store next door to your home.
2: Mm-hmm. You're always like, oh,
1: two weeks. I'll go back to that comic book store. It'll be there. Nope, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And then you know, just your luck, you go on eBay or Amazon and it's like. Only edition, mm-hmm. or like the only a print, and you're like crap, or it just happens to be all sold out.
0: Yeah, that's the issue I had at Comic Con with trying to get that uh, Green Ranger figure from Bandai. Just it was impossible, and after a while, I just said, you know what, i will just, you know, I'm just gonna wait and I'll pay a little bit of the inflated price. And I still haven't gotten it 'cause I'm broke. But uh, at least no, I, I've looked online. It's not there's not too much of a markup because everyone wanted that dagger. That gold tip dagger, more than anything else. Which is sickening how much it's going for. I think we're going to have to dedicate like a whole episode just to toys one day. My, you might have. I. I mm, this is me thinking out loud. So, just uh, I'm going to write that down. so Toys one day. All right. Well, I don't
1: know how much is the how much is the dagger going right now?
0: The dagger is going for about three seventy five four hundred dollars and. How much is the dagger to be by? Uh, it's a hundred. It was a hundred and eighty dollars to be to purchase.
1: Okay, so it's a little over twice. I thought you were gonna tell me it's like a fifteen hundred dollar no, you know, dagger. Now I was like, hmm. No. I know you million can million. buy an actual dagger for that. Well,
0: the thing was, you had to get in line to get it, and we uh, George and I got got to con super early on Friday morning to uh, get in line, and you know, the campers for Hall H were in one, and then we're like, okay, well. We're walking around, saying, like, "Hey, where's the line to get the because ti- they Bandai made this? They made it the first year you had to get tickets for their booths. So they joined the ranks of the uh, of the mega booths like Mattel and uh, Hasbro. And we asked the the organizers, like, oh, this is the line for everything else.' So they threw in line with all the campers for Ballroom 20, and everybody else trying to get either the Legos or the the Hasbro tickets. And so they march in, and then that's when they divide you up. So we was like, where's the Bandai line? They're like, oh, it's that way. And so as soon as we're going down, like, okay, the tickets for such and such, and the dagger are gone. I'm like, oh. It's like, so then it's like, then you have randomized tickets. So we're in the back of the line, the line was moving, and when we finally got to where we're turning in to walk into our ticket, like, oh, all the tickets are gone. That's it. So we looked at each other like, ah. Get, you know, we wasted an hour and a half, which wasn't too bad, but it re- it just seemed like well what was the, he, he, it was like what was the point I'm just gonna go buy it online anyway so it was uh, it was disappointing but at least knowing that people kind of just bought the Green Ranger figure because they couldn't get anything else they tried flipping it and there were so many of them that you they're not getting too much of a markup on it it's the Ranger keys though those were going those are selling for mad mad money I don't know going to be interesting next week uh, is the actually Power Morphicon convention in uh, Pasadena, so if you guys are in the area and you like Power Rangers, I would go check that out. I'm actually heading down there myself to uh, to get a look at it. I know Matt Frank is going to be there. He announced uh, he showed up to the show, so I'm going to go down there and get some stuff autographed and buy some prints. So.
1: Yes, yeah, it is in Pasadena, California, mm-hmm. because there is a Pasadena, Texas. Yes. However, we are based in California. Mm -hmm. So it is a Pasadena, California at the Pasadena Convention Center. Mm -hmm. And it's like the 22nd through like the 24th. And it's, it's great, it's a great show, and it's run by really great people. Uh, Scott is one of the wonderful people. He's also involved with the Robo Toys Fest, and he's such a great dude. If you see him, look for him, shout out, tell him hi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really great, and I look forward I will be there also. Um, I know that, like you said, Matt Frank had announced also he'd be there. I don't know if Chris Mowry will be there, uh, however... Look it up, people. Mm-hmm. At least the Google search engines will know it'll be a trending topic. I hope. Oh. Okay. But yes, yes, I will. I will be there.
0: The Shout Factory announced that they're actually going to be broadcasting the show. So.
1: Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Shout Factory is a great company. And uh, um, what day, what days are you going?
0: I'm going Saturday. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get over there Friday night after work, depending if I can get out early enough. Uh-huh. More likely, I'm gonna be there Saturday because I actually, ironically, have to go back down to San Diego on Sunday. I have to take my dad down there for a. Uh, an art exhibit out in the Balboa Park.
1: Oh, okay, okay, great. Yeah, no, Belpar- Balboa Park is a great area. Yeah. And also, it's the same weekend as the Japan Expo up in San Mateo, I believe. Yeah,
0: there's some there's some cool stuff going on up there too, but that's there is that's, some cool stuff. San Francisco. That's a six-hour drive that uh, I'm not going to make this weekend. <laughs> but Power Morphicon is actually really. If if any of you ever are kind of like on the edge of going, it's like do go i've gone the last like three and they've actually been really awesome shows if you like uh uh, just sentai stuff in general they've actually been this year i think this is the first year they're really expanding into like the japanese uh portion of the uh, the fandom i know they got the original uh red ranger from the uh, uh the japanese series that was the basis for the original power rangers so that's a big deal because they also got Austin St. John, the original American Red Ranger. So those two guys are going to be in the same building. So you know, fist might be thrown. There might be some showdown going on.
1: Right. <laughs> yes. It'll be. It'll be really fun. Yes.
0: It's it's a super awesome show. It's um, and it's in Pasadena, which is just a beautiful town, uh, especially out here in the LA area. Which as uh, a as of uh, – <laughs> I love the gl- the glitz and glamour of LA. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a kind of a, so it's, it's a sore sight sometimes, depending where you're at. Pasadena, on the other hand, though, no, just it's just pretty all over the place.
1: Yes, and we're also near the mountains. Mm. So when you look out, you look out one way, you've got the Power Morphin Con convention. Mm. And then you look out the other way, past the wonderful movie theater of Arclight Pasadena, mm-hmm. you look out and you've got mountains. Yes. So you're like, oh, this is beautiful. You like nature or you like, you know, Japanese pop culture. You, uh, they're both
0: there. Yeah, and you just know that there's, like, some mountain lions, like, on a peak. It's like the fools. They don't know what's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, it's getting late. Uh, we've gone on a lot on the show. Um, we're going to try to get a second show because of the gap uh, out sooner than later. Um hopefully I, I do believe the next episode will be uh, will be reviewing the first issue of Godzilla Cataclysm uh, the new IDW miniseries um, Jessica did you get your copy yet?
1: I have not gotten my copy but I have gotten my copy on
0: hold okay so when you get when you pick that up we'll sit down do a review for that so um, and we got some other stuff coming up but in the meantime that's going to do it for us for this show for Jessica this show. where can the good people find more of our work?
1: Yes. I believe that for those who, and I'm not encouraging, but if you feel the need that you can't stop being a troll, uh, we do have.
0: So, yeah, so uh, definitely go check that out. It's it's, it's quasi-related to, uh, to what we talk about. I, I know there's a ton of people that, on, on this, that listen to this that have some sort of uh, fondness for Power Rangers. Uh, we've gone on a lot on the show. Um, we're going to try to get a second show because of the gap. Uh, out sooner than later. Uh, hopefully, I do believe the next episode will be uh, will be reviewing the first issue of Godzilla Cataclysm, uh, the new IDW miniseries. Um, Jessica, did you get your copy yet?
1: I have not gotten my copy, but I have gotten my copy on hold.
0: Okay. So when you get when you pick that up, we'll sit down do a review for that. So um, and we got some other stuff coming up. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for us for this show. Sure, sure, sure. where can the good people find more of our work?
1: Yes. I believe that for those who, and I'm not encouraging, but if you feel the need that you can't stop being a troll, uh, we do have a wonderful email address. Mm-hmm. We are the Kaiju Kingdom podcast at com. We are also at the same name for... Uh, Tumblr, the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. On Twitter, we are just the Kaiju Kingdom due to the limit of characters. And on Facebook, we are the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. And so you can find us there and you can like comment, click like, tell us what you like or don't like, you know, and we will definitely take your, su- you know, suggestions, you know, under our hats and we will definitely think about it. But we love feedback. And so, you know, please be our friends and follow us, and we would love to interact with you.
0: (laughs) And where can they find more of your work, Jessica?
1: For me, I am Jessica All, one last name, the comic book girl on Facebook. Feel free to Facebook friend me. Uh, Please inbox me and let me know where you heard me or you met me or you think you saw a glimpse of me running toward, like, a food truck or something, which is also one third of the time when I'm doing at a convention. Uh if I'm outside I'm probably near a food truck. So because, you know, I, I hate to, to miss out on not accepting your friend requests because I can't tell the difference between you and a random stranger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let us be friends. And then from there, I'm also on thecommentbookgirl.com and girlongeek.com, and you can find more of my stuff there. And from there, it kind of all blasts out to all the different social media sites that I'm on online. There's so many to,
0: to be up. There's
1: Pinterest, now Tumblr, Vine, Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's crazy. You just recently
0: did a, has, I mean, you just recently did a sit-in on another podcast, didn't you?
1: I did. I did. And you briefly talked about Chris was wonderful. He texted me the day of my podcast, you know, lovely <laughs> words of encouragement um, your lovely words of encouragement was great. And I was like, one person will watch me live. But um, I'm actually about to link the YouTube video onto my Facebook. So feel free to friend me. And at least we'll have, you know, recorded views up, mm-hmm. if not for live views, because I understand time zones and people have different work schedules. But it was on Pursuitory.com uh, with another lovely name, uh, uh, lovely lady, excuse me, by the name of um, Amanda. And our host was Evan, and he, they were wonderful people.
0: All right, and uh, you can check out more of my work over at therealmcast.com, where I host Take Two uh, with uh, George where we talk about all the news. And currently uh, I have a second podcast called The Rundown, Legend of Korra, where uh, we break down each week's episode of Korra, or The Legend of Korra from uh, the Avatar series with uh, my co-host Sergio Sanchez and uh if uh, always you can always go to panzercrutch.com where you can download this show again i'm still working on the back end of getting this up on stitcher and stuff like that so it's coming i know i keep saying that i sound like a broken record but it will pretty soon it will you'll be able to download it without having to click something all the time i know that's a contention point with some people it's like how to go to your site and click i just can't go to itunes it's like no not yet i'm still working on it i'm a busy and lazy man all at the same time. I know it's a conundrum. So, uh, but you know, it's just a couple of it's just issues of certain things that are just still blocking the way, and uh, I'm trying to work through them. So, uh, all right. Well, on that note, that will do it for us for this week. So, for myself and Jessica uh, Thanks for listening.